the Oxford Centre for Triple Value Healthcare, otherwise known as 3V, scans over 30 journals seeking out important papers on value. To save you time, 3V assesses this research to identify the implications for value-based healthcare and summarises them on our blogs and in our podcasts. Randomised controlled trials in surgery are much more difficult to do than randomised controlled trials of drugs. With a new drug in a trial, obviously the person has to be informed about the risks and benefits and whether or not they're willing to be randomised. But after that is over, well, the person called the patient does the work. They either take the pill or they don't. With surgery, however, surgical skill is required. And surgical skill needs a learning curve. So you can't just take a a new surgical procedure developed in one hospital and then randomly allocate surgeons to perform it. The surgeons have to develop the skills. And of course, often they're doing that in a haphazard way as the operation spreads from one place to another without evidence from randomised controlled trials. So this is an astonishing achievement. The team in Oxford led by David Taggart and involving the late, great Doug Altman, who ran the Centre for Statistics and Medicine, uh, have reported in the New England Journal on bilateral versus single internal thoracic artery grafts after 10 years of running the trial. Now, the trial is a model of uh, what a trial should be. They did a systematic review in 2001 and they were also looking at what was happening in the cardiovascular world. A paper in 1999 that they cite is called Two Internal Thoracic Artery Grafts Are Better Than One. And that might seem common sense. But of course, always we've got to think of the famous Donabedian curve. As you do more health care, the benefits increase, but then they flatten off. Whether more health care is more operations or more screening tests or more drugs or increasingly intense and invasive interventions. For example, two grafts as opposed to one. The trouble, of course, is that harm goes up directly related to the amount of intervention you do. So if you do two grafts, there's a greater risk of harm than one graft. And what Donabedian showed, if you subtract harm from benefit, was that there was a point of optimality beyond which no more value was achieved for either individuals or populations. Now, congratulations to the New England Journal of Medicine for publishing this negative trial, because the conclusion is very clear. And it says that, and I quote, among patients who were scheduled for CABG, coronary artery bypass grafting, There was no significant difference in the rate of death from any cause and this means there was no significant evidence that bilateral versus single artery intervention was was better. It's good to note that there wasn't a lot of evidence about harm, although the the problems of the wounds for the bilateral is a significant issue. 
The editorial that accompanied this, however, still said there was a place for this, probably younger people who are less at risk of side effects from poor wound healing, and it requires an experienced surgeon. And, of course, more research is needed. So here's an example where it doesn't look as though two grafts moves us further along the axis of increased benefit. Um, It doesn't look as though there has been an increase in harm, but it does raise issues of vital importance to people who pay for health care, to surgical departments, and to individuals considering whether or not to have an operation. So this is, trial is now almost 20 years old in its planning. And if we look at it from the lens of, through the lens of 2019, through the, the lens of value-based healthcare, there are two important issues. One is there is no mention of cost, resource cost, whether that's money or operating time or the time for recovery from the individuals who have the operation. So it's an effectiveness study, not a cost-effectiveness study. And that, that is right for the time in which it was designed. It's difficult enough doing a randomised trial of effectiveness in surgery. But it links to the second issue. The authors report in their five-year follow-up that written informed consent was obtained. But it's not quite clear how the options were put to the individuals. And what we now know from the work of Al Mully and his colleagues on what is called the silent misdiagnosis and operating on the wrong patient, not the wrong identity of patient, but not taking into account the individual's preferences, that perhaps some of the people who had the operation wouldn't choose to have the operation at all if they'd been offered full information in the right context. Because the operation is a risk, but so too is having a general anaesthetic in your 70s, even in the best of hands. So those these are two issues which don't emerge from this excellent trial. But for the future, we need to think of always resources. In every study that we do, we need to think about resources. And again, the resources aren't just money. Secondly, we need to think of it from the perception of the individual and the individual's values. What really is bothering that individual most? What would they regard as a successful outcome with respect to what was bothering them most? That is the basis for research for the next 20 years. If you want to stay informed about important developments in value-based healthcare, you can subscribe by joining our mailing list at www.3vh.org.